and we are back. I am Eric. He is Eli. We are kind of the fat packs. Are we kind of the fat packs? Fat packs. Fat packs. Say, say, fat packs. Hello, my name is Eli Noten. Fat packs. There you go. All right. So uh, we're hanging out here today at the uh, the Beckett Media Car Show. Got it's kind of early, so the room is is uh, it's got some few uh, few guys in here. Um, a lot of grading going on. BAS is over there uh, taking submissions. And uh, on the yep. way way over here, I was surprised and shocked because, um, well, you've heard me talk about it on the radio, um, on, the, on the show, how my son isn't really interested all that much in sports cards. But he hits me with, uh, with the dad, I think I want to start collecting cards out of nowhere. So... Uh, he, 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 this is the first real interest he's ever showed in it. And uh, it was, I was intrigued. So uh, I said, well, do you want to talk about it on the radio show? And, of course, he says yes. So uh, here we here are. I am. Here we are now. So what's up, man? Sad, dude. Sad, dude. You just, <laughs> this is a, this is a big shout-out to Paul, who's not here today. He's got a, uh, he's taking care of the family. But this, it's just me and you. We're going to have uh, Ken Kinsley on a little later from Beans Ball Car Blog. Um, Marlins, yep. Sparty Hot Cash is in the house. He's going to come around, and uh, I think he's got some stuff to give away for you guys. And then um, we'll, we'll just see what happens for the rest of the day. But right now, I'm, I'm kind of excited because you, young man, are you, 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 you took the plunge and you said, Dad, I, w- I want to start collecting cards. So let me ask you something. What, what, what made you think that? What made you think you wanted to start collecting baseball cards? Uh... You know, I don't really know. You don't really know, so um, you you mentioned that you did you wanted to collect baseball cards and soccer cards, but no football. Hockey cards, but no football. So why not any football? I hate it. You hate football. That's not very nice. Why don't you like? Fo- but you said you like the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I like some football teams. Okay, but you don't you don't want to mess with football cards, really, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about baseball? What what about baseball cards? Uh, do you think you might want to start collecting? Mm, you know, I don't really know. You don't really know. Is it maybe a maybe a favorite team? You like, um, you know, like, dad, daddy used like to, the Rangers. You like the Rangers? You know, daddy used to like work for the Mariners. You like the Mariners still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like both of those teams. You like both of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um. Okay, so you like the Rangers and the Mariners. So yes. you, you want to start your collection with the Rangers and the Mariners? Yes. Yes? Okay, so... So, I, so basically, I want to get boxed in the garage and stop putting the baseball cards in there. You want to start... So, but there's so much more to collecting, though. You got to... So you got to put them... You want to put them in team organization or do you want to put them in a numerical organization? Team. You want to put them by the teams, and you want to, so which team do you want to start with first, the Mariners or the Rangers? Hi, this is Matt Salmon, host of the Wax Ecstatic Podcast. You are listening to Beckett Radio, and hey, make sure you've got fat packs for everybody. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, Real excited because my son told me this morning that he wants to start collecting uh, baseball cards. So uh, this is is his first interest uh, in cards at all. But uh, 
What we have in front of us here and, and next to me is uh, An- Andy Broom, uh, Broom with a View on Twitter. Is that right? Is that Broom? That's what um, Card Grader is the other one. And card yeah. Grader. Okay. Card Grader is more the card focus. Well, there you go. Um, he is uh, he's our vintage grading specialist in the office, and we have he has something really exciting that uh, he wants to. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna let him tell you about it. Uh, what what exactly is this? <laughs> well, it's kind of cool. Uh, it's actually not been announced yet. Uh, it's going to be announced next week, but okay. since uh, we're here and we, we're at the uh, Beckett Open House, I thought I'd just uh, mention what we've got. We've got a really cool find that's brand new to the hobby. Uh, it's a near set of 1914 Cracker Jack cards. That's amazing. Uh, and, and it's actually missing 12 commons. Okay. Um, so all the key cards are there. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's brand new, fresh to the hobby. It's been uh, in, in possession of the same family uh, who collected them okay. from the boxes. Uh, it's from the Chicago area, which uh, you know, anybody that collects Cracker Jack cards know that's the home of Cracker Jack. Sure. And uh, so it's really, really cool. It's cool to see, you know, th- these were pulled from the boxes by the, uh, the owner, uh, his owner's family, rather. Right. Uh, and uh, we have them here, and they're going to be up for auction next, starting next week in Goodwin and Company Auction. That's, that's absolutely amazing. You have three, three examples in front of us here. Uh, uh, I'm seeing grades from uh, one and a half to three and a half. What's the highest grade in, in that we have? Uh, I believe the highest grade, if I remember off the top of my head, is a uh, is a five. Okay, that's really and, nice. And you know, I know I know a lot of people are saying, "Gee, it's a five, so it's not that significant." But uh, what's interesting is to to know a little bit about the 1914 set versus the 1915 set. Okay. Um, the the 1915 set. I'll start with that. That was uh, found in the uh, one card per Cracker Jack box. All right. But it's also a complete factory set was available through a mail-in offer. Oh, sweet. But the 1914 set is, is the, the rarer of the two sets. This was a set that was only available one card per box. And they, for, for multiple reasons, the, the 1914 set is the rare set, and they're just near impossible to find in, in, in even mid-grade. Um, wow. they, they suffer a lot from the uh, caramel stains. You know, these cards were, were placed directly in the box with the Cracker Jack, uh, with the, uh, the popcorn and the caramel. So they weren't in an envelope. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of people may not know this. If you collect them, you know this. But the 14, the, both sets are on paper-thin stock. But the 14s are actually slightly thinner than the 1919s. Now, it's very small amount. You, you, you'd have to compare the two. But there is a, enough to notice. So they just did not survive. Okay. Makes a lot of sense, and they're just banging around with that popcorn and those nuts and caramel and everything. Absolutely, like that. And then, yeah. Then, uh, so a mid-grade card is actually pretty significant. Then, it, it really is in the in the 14s. Um, you know, now in the 1915s, there, there are some high grades. There's even, um, uh, you know, there, there's some sevens and eights that are out there. Um, so really high grade stuff. But these were factories came from factory sets. You know, that were never in the boxes. Sure, but, sure. Wow, that's uh. So in front of us, we have. Uh, Matthewson, uh, Cobb, and Jackson, uh, obviously three huge names in baseball history. Who else is in the 14 set? Well, this is a really cool set because um, while there are a lot of cards that have the same fronts in sure. the 14 and the 15 set, there are, there are some that don't. And the Matthewson's a great example of that. So the 1915 Cracker Jack Matthewson is a portrait. It's just a shoulders-up portrait of, of Matthewson. Sure. The 1914 is a horizontal card of him pitching in action. And... For, for a very long time, many decades in, uh, in hobby history, the 1914 Matthewson's always been perceived to be rare or maybe not quite a short print, but for some reason it's a rare 
more rare of a card than, than other cards. And, and so it's, it's always been considered one of the key cards in the 1914 set. So what I've got here today is, a, is the Matthewson, uh, 1914 Matthewson, the horizontal. And it's really become one of the icon cards of our hobby. Sure. Uh, granted, not as well known as, as, say, the T206 Wagner or the 52 Tops Mantle. But it is, you know, for, for collectors of pre-war and vintage, it is one of the, the marquee cards of the, of the hobby. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then a name like Joe Jackson, you know, that's, that's a sought-after name, obviously. I'm, I'm just stating the obvious here. But. No, it's, it, it, uh, yeah, it is definitely a sought-after name. But, but, again, the Cracker Jack set is... Um, the, the Cracker Jack Joe Jackson is, again, another one of those iconic images. I mean, the, the, the sets are beautiful. You've got the solid red background. Right. And, and Jackson is in, in swing, you know, and it's just, it's a beautiful card. Sure. Th this one is great eye appeal. What's really cool about this collection is the condition flaws that would, would uh, you know, give the card its grade. You're not talking about a lot of creases. You're not talking about things where, you know, like the three cards I have in front of me, these are all no creases, beautiful, beautiful eye peel. Um, you know, and like you see here at the bottom of the cob, there's right. the, the caramel staining. But uh, the eye peel on these are just magnificent. That's so awesome. What are, what are some other big names from the 14 set that are out there? Well, you know, a lot of Hall of Famers that, that, that uh, names you would recognize are in there. There's some really cool ones, everything from Charles Kaminsky, which is owner of the, uh, the Black Sox, sure. you know, the Chicago White Sox of that era. Um, and uh, Branch Rickey actually has a card oh, wow. as, as a player. And, of course, as most people know, he, he was the, uh, the general manager of the uh, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers who basically, you know, signed Jackie Robinson and, and, and broke the color barrier. Sure. So, but, you know, there's, there's Walter Johnson and, and uh, you know, these guys that we're talking about here. Honus Wagner has a card that uh, is really cool. It's a portrait card. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, not Hall of Famers, but also stars of the day. Sure. And uh, you know what's interesting is Frank Chance has uh, a Hall of Famer. He only has a card in the 1914 set for whatever reason. He's not in the 1915 mm -hmm. set. Wow, that's uh, that's but, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool quirks and, and neat things about these sets. There's actually a book that came out three or four years ago about the Cracker Jack set, and it's really it it, it kind of touches on every player in the set. And the, the 14 set it, it comprises of 144 cards, and some say on a master set, you know, there's a, there's a card that uh, there's a variation that's missing a card number. So you know, they say it's one maybe 145 is a master set, but you know, the 1915 set is 176 cards. Okay. But uh, so this is a smaller set, but it's it's very rare to put one of these together. Um, complete sets and even near complete sets, they just don't come up in the, the market that often. Right. Um, it's been it's been a number of years since the last one came up. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's either 08 or maybe 2010. Some somewhere in that range that those years is when the last full set came to market. And um, and like I said, this is not a set that anyone's ever seen. This has been in the same family until till this month just yeah right so um the family said out of chicago what what made them come to beckett vintage or beckett grading with, with the vintage grading for this oh what's cool is you know this is one of those those uh, what i call a hobby fairy tale stories you know it's it's a it's a collection that somebody passionately put together i mean they sure. collected this there there's the near 14 set and there's 20 or so 1915 cards and they pulled these from from the boxes and they put them together themselves and then for whatever reason from that era till today, they've they've been passed down in other family belongings, but no one knew what they really were oh, wow. or had any idea of value until our present day owner, um, who still didn't fully un realize 
what he had, but he did know that they were, had value. And um, and so the, the story goes, the, the gentleman, a friend of his, he showed the cards to and said, you know, you've really got something here. You may want to look more into this. Sure. These, these could be very valuable, valuable if they are authentic. And so the owner reached out to us uh, as the experts, and uh, we, we, I talked to him, and um, we arranged to, to have the set uh, brought in to us to take a look at, and sure enough, they're authentic and they're graded, and now wow. we're ready to go and be in. The, they'll they'll start this this next week in a good one. Good one auctions, uh, big. So this will obviously be the centerpiece of that auction. Uh, it's it's a month long month long auction. Is that correct? I believe that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Th- this will be the the. The, the marquee of the, the auction yeah. and while the whole the entire set will be sold in auction they're actually gonna be sold in by individual car oh that's interesting yeah okay. so what's cool is you know there's guys that are building this set uh they have the opportunity to buy cards they need uh you know there's because of the rarity of this set and how in the they just they never show up i mean there's 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 opportunity for some people to go in and take everything sure um but uh it's gonna be really interesting you know there, there's some uh this actually is the hottest set going right now as far as vintage cars, the 1914 set. So wow. the, the timing is just, it's uncanny. It's, <laughs> right. It's, you know, I, I was trying to impress that on the owner, you know, telling him, you know, I, I'm not making this up. I said, this this is the hottest set right now in pre-war. And uh, your timing could not have been any better, you know, if you had known the industry. Right. You know? So it's really right. cool that somebody that... Uh, while he appreciates the the family history and appreciates the value and and appreciates the, the importance that these mean to the hobby and to the people that'll buy them, you know it, it, it's it's more for for this individual you know is able to pass these on to somebody who does want them and appreciate them. Of course, of yeah. course. Now, as a uh, vintage guy yourself, do you think that the family will is is doing the right thing by selling these individually in, at auction, or do you think they would get more as a set? Well, you know, as far as the auction side goes. That's that's where the experts uh, of the auction house come into play, sure. um, because the the awesome thing about auctions when when you're when you make the decision to sell something, where whether it's family heirloom or something of, of your collection, the more money that you make at auction, the more money the auction house makes. Right. So it's, Correct. It's it's to the auction house's advantage to do whatever it takes to get the most amount of money. Sure. And and it was our experts' opinion that yes, that these should be sold in the same auction together as as the fine uh but they will be sold individually because there is a chance of of more uh of more value for, more for value. the seller uh excuse that siren that, <laughs> that just went off uh we have the door open here in the Beckett offices and apparently there was uh, some kind of emergency so uh that uh that just happened it's not the fact that we have some extremely hot cars sitting here on our uh <laughs> everybody our, wants <laughs> to see them everybody's coming to see him even the police yeah uh, but- it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a really cool find. It's this is um this is actually you you're you're the you're breaking the news. Uh, right. Like I said, it has not been announced anywhere. It will be announced uh, next week, and uh, so I kind of wanted to tease it a little bit. But uh, they are labeled the uh, Chicago Cracker Jack find, and um, keep watching next week on on our uh, on Twitter and, and other social media. I know Facebook will be a big one. Yeah, um, we'll be we'll be putting out more and more, and we'll get some images out there and and share it with everybody because this is something that. You know, we want to share too with the, with the hobby. It's just of course. cool. It's not something a lot of people get to see. Right. Sometimes ever. You know, I mean, 
you know, we've got these three iconic cards in front of us. I mean, these are three cards a lot of collectors never had the opportunity to even, to you know, have at. in front of exactly. them. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially, these are museum pieces, you know, that, that could rightfully be in a museum somewhere or Cooperstown, you know, and you sit yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. Yeah, this is, this is, this is one of those great finds. You know, every, every so many years, we have some great finds that come in our door. And, um, you know, I know in 08, we had the, the T206 find, which is right. over 500 T206s, including a Wagner that were collected, you know, by one individual. And we've had, we've had several pre-war finds like that over the years. And this is, this one's just, this is a, this one's awesome. This is really cool. You know, and when I'm asked about it and, you know, I'm asked to give a quote on, on things, I always say with these finds, you know, there's always more out there. There's more to be, there's, there's still stuff sure. to be found. And, and and I've had people argue both ways, you know, and oh, it's all the good stuff's been found, but it hasn't. There's still stuff out there. This is set, uh, you know, for a hundred years uh, in someone's house, and, right. and and so no one knew. Yeah, no one. So knew. it's it's stuff still out there. That's what makes it exciting about this industry and and, and about a career in this industry is. You know, we see so much great stuff every day. You know, you do get a little jaded, and you see, you know, a lot of stuff that people yeah. think is awesome. We see it all the time, but you know, this is one of the things that gets even even us really excited. You know? Right, right. This that's all completely true, and I agree a hundred percent with what you just said about you know you can't get jaded because like you, you see it all the time. But this this doesn't walk through your door every day, so uh, that's really awesome. I'm glad you came and sat down with me. I'm glad I'm, these are just in front. I'm just happy to see them. So uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Andy, thank you. And uh, I know that you got some cars to grade, so we're going to let you get back there and do that again. Absolutely. Yeah, right. we're, we're slammed. Yeah, all right, man. Fine, thanks. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Brake Officer here at Top Shelf Brakes, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul, on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that really quick break. Uh, interesting uh, interesting find there with the Cracker Jacks, the 1914 Cracker Jacks, and... Uh, they brought them to Beckett. Same families had them for since 1914. They collected them out of the box, which is very interesting. Um, and my guest, my guest now, uh, my good friend, Mr. Ken Kinsley of Beans Ball Card Blog, um, we always have the conversation. We're never going to find anything like that. We're never going to do that. <laughs> I mean, I've been since I've been 10 years old. I've been like, ooh, maybe I'm, you know, I'm going to find this. I had a had a great uncle that lived near me. Uh, was always like, oh, maybe they're going to be some of those kind of old things up in the end. Yeah, no, nothing, no, never happened. Nothing, nothing. I'll just have to buy whatever ones I can afford, I guess. But no, <laughs> I mean, I love that. I love that segment with Andy. Some of my favorite things about the Beckett Radio program are the informative things. Sure. And that's that. It was it was a great interview to listen to from standing here listening We're to you guys listen t- to chat. It. Now it'll be on a little later, and you can listen to it again. <laughs> And again. And again. And again. And again. And again. And, and maybe one more time. Now, uh, I, I'm sorry I did you wrong. When I introduced you, you wanted to do something uh, something a little unique for yourself. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ken Kinsley. As Teddy Long would say, holla, holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. And about seven people listening know what we're talking yeah. about. All seven of those people. I remember uh, a while ago, God, it was at um, Elimination Chamber in 2011 or it had to have been 2010 or 11 in Seattle at the at the key and uh nothing but nothing nothing but young kids in the crowd and the Jerry the King Lawler's music hit and everybody started cheering going wild and I was looking around like none of you understand why <laughs> why this is significant significant and the same thing with Teddy Long people don't understand why Teddy Long is uh 
significant, but man, he's 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 one of those long timers, right? The thing I love about Teddy is he played played such a good heel, and he yeah. just seems like the nicest guy in the world. Sure, sure. You know, usually the guys that are the good heels are the guys that you know they're pretty much a heel right. in life. But right. uh, Teddy's Teddy seems like just the nicest guy. And, sure. Uh, him and uh, another one was like that was Booker T. He could play a good heel, but he just seems like the. He's, nicest guy in the world. He's run, he ran for mayor or something in Houston. He, he, well, I don't think he – I think it's in the works. I oh, think it's is what works? he's going to okay. do. And I tell you, now that we're talking, we've turned this into the Beckett Wrestling the Show. The Beckett Wrestling Show. Uh, if you haven't, and I'm sure you have, but uh, if you haven't looked into Booker T's backstory yeah, oh, yeah. and where he came from, that is a great story of – if you want to do something sure. in the world, if you want to do something in America, you're not going to have the the God-given athletic ability that that man has. So you may not be a pro athlete or a pro wrestler, but that dude was in some trouble and spent sure. some time in jail as a teenager right. and is a you know model citizen yep. and you know a self-made millionaire. Millionaire. And, you know. It's a it's a great redemption story, and every we all love redemption stories. So um, his is is a really good one. If you guys have uh, haven't checked it out, yeah. Don't go to Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably the worst Wikipedia, place for Wikipedia, always but there, sometimes accurate. Sometimes accurate. But uh, just go check it out in general. Um, all right, man. Uh, we opened up the Beckett mailbag the other day, Paul and I did. And uh, we got some interesting questions, we, and we had some fun answering them. But I, I purposely left one out because I knew you were going to be here today. And it was your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as I was listening to your, uh, as I was listening to the show while I was at work, I may have uh, used some four-letter words under my breath because you didn't answer my question. <laughs> but I was saving it. I was yeah, saving it yeah, because yeah. you were going to be here, and you wanted you wanted to know why we don't ever talk about EPAC on the show. And yes, why don't you talk about EPAC? I I despise it. I, I understand <laughs> why you personally despise EPAC, but I do feel that it's out there. It's for collectors, it's just something different. I mean, the thing that I love about it is we don't trade in this hobby that much right, anymore. Right. And I love the ability to trade there and also build your own card. Sure. Um, I know that, you know, I know some of the difficulties it causes for you with pricing, but, mm-hmm. you know, you may be able to actually build a card that is a one on one. Sure. Now, it could also be one of. 500 who right, knows right you know we don't we don't know what's out there but i mean i, I don't understand why more people don't get into it because technically you can end up building cards and getting physical cards just by going in there every day and buying a free pack sure and trading sure go in there for a month and get a free pack every day you don't have to do anything else but then you can go onto the forum and trade because now at this point you've got over 100 cards right and go in there and trade but it's um I, I should back up and say I don't despise EPAC. I'm Upper Deck's done a really good job of uh of actually the way they rolled it out, the programs that are affiliated with it, the exclusives that you can only get on EPAC that turn it into the physical cards from the pack, though their partnership with Com C, all that's great. What I don't like about it is just keeping up with it man it sucks it, on my it, part it sucks it, it is definitely like i said i can uh, you know i can see both sides of it and i can see the difficulty that comes along with it but as a collector it's definitely uh, a unique opportunity um you know i've gotten more into vintage and one thing i've read a lot about on the t206 is there's a, a lot of different ways you can collect you can collect a team you can collect a back you can collect southern leaguers there's so many different ways people collect and you can do the same thing you sure. know, with EPAC, you may collect a team, you may collect a player, you may want to gold up as many 
whatever third line left winger from the Oilers right. that you want to. You know, you can try and corner that market because some of the stuff that people collected die hard early on, like with Compendium One, which came out in November, you can't find those cards anymore. Right. People now are getting on there and they're like, "Oh, I'm trying to get the Scott Darling." Well, this guy here had a lot of the Scott Darlings. All right. I went for more gold and passed on it and traded them to another guy who is now golded. So if people are getting to the game late, you can't get those cards anymore. Right, right. That's a, that's an interesting um, take on it as well. Uh, it not I don't want to compare it to Tops Now or Panini Instant, but the, they go away, you know. Like it, it's just hard to find. And uh, yeah. where Tops Now and Panini Instant disappear after 24 hours, it, it might take Compendium a little bit longer or – um, as as new sets come out, but eventually they're going to be tougher and tougher to find. So I understand why you love it, Kinsley. I get it. I get it. But I mean, do I have the, you know, Jonathan Taves were very difficult to come by. I have a gold Jonathan Taves compendium. You have to have 250 base to get that. They're just the mathematics of it. There can't be more than four or five of these Jonathan Taves out sure. there right now. So I have a... One of essentially, let's say a one of ten. Is it an autograph? No. no. Is it a, is it a beautiful or is as people like to call them a sick patch? <laughs> no. But there are only five of them. I put it together myself. One thing I've heard some other, you know, and even friends in the hobby say is, oh well, I can just go buy them on Calm C later on. Sure you can. But you know what? I get a little bit of a good feeling that hey, I am the one that made this card. I didn't right. just go buy it. I took the time. I took the effort. And you know, again, I'm. I'm not a flipper. I'm not in this hobby to flip. I'm in it for fun. It's how it was when I started. You know, I did it as a hobby, and it's still a hobby. And this is just a different thing that I find fun. Is there some frustration? Yeah, there, there, there's some, there's some jack wagons on there, just sure. like there are on every message board on Twitter. Sure. But um, all in all, it's pretty fun, and I've you know may actually made some friends that I've then you know connected with on twitter or wherever right. else and we help each other out and it's there is a there is a solid like community of people that do try to help each other out to get what's out there for example you talk about young guns last year you could get five young guns and you could get a silver foil board sure well, this year upper deck upper deck has done a lot of things i wasn't a fan necessarily of what they did last year and i didn't actually get into this until about six months ago um but now you there's not just one level that you can level up. There's two levels. The gold and silver, right? The gold. So for uh, Stephen Johns, who's a defenseman for the Stars here in Dallas, um, I now have two of the gold rainbows, and I almost have a third already. Really? And a lot less people are opening Series 2 because there's no Austin Matthews in Series right, 2 right. on EPAC. So there's not a whole lot of this out there, and I, I don't know. I may have the only two so far. Now, let's talk about that because – EPAC, for all its greatness, has has killed pricing on the secondary market. Um, I guess as a collector, it could be seen as good, good or bad. Uh, well, good for the collector because it's, it's easier, it's more affordable. But as the uh, as the seller, it's not as great. What do you think about their deal with uh, with ComC and uh, just the availability of those cards at the, the prices they are? I mean, I think it, it hurts. People want to know why I'm, I'm dropping Patrick Patrick Liney's Lin, Lin, cards, uh, the Young Guns. It's because you can pick them up for seventy four dollars on on, on Comp C now, right? I mean, it, you got to do what the market does. 
So it's a, it's a it's a give and take, I guess. But what are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, you introduced me as from Beans Ball Card Blog, and while I still own and maintain that blog, and I use that Twitter, which is Beans B Card Blog, I don't really write on that twit. I don't really write on that blog anymore. Sure. Um, I do a personal blog. I feel like a collector again, and on Twitter, I share hundreds of other bloggers posts sure but a year ago you know you used the exact wording i believe i did and that it's you know killing the value of young guns sure i wrote a piece on that because i didn't like it um you know i bought some physical boxes and you know i'm hitting these young guns and these young guns are going on calm c for 42 cents sure that sucks (laughs) it sucks but it was even before it was even before I got into imp, uh, into EPAC, but you see things level out. Um, yeah, some of those guys got in there and sold them real cheap, but the prices have come back up over time because as you said, you know time yeah it'll, you know, level, it out. It, it, it'll level it out. But here's the things. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure it does because these guys that I can still get for 42 cents last right now that are young guns from last year these guys aren't in the nhl right these guys the only reason their cards are on calm c for 42 cents is because you can put them on there and not have to pay that quarter to send them in if there was no calm uh, yeah, c there may only be three i don't know i think there's a guy joel vermin mm-hmm. I don't, that name is always stuck out because of <laughs> vermin Vern. But, you know, he may have 150 uh, – apologies if you're listening, Joel Vermin. I doubt he, it. <laughs> he may have 150 on Com C, and the lowest price is, again, $0.42. Cents. I'm just throwing something out there. But if it wasn't for Com C – or, I'm sorry, if it wasn't for the Com C EPAC deal, there might be six of them on there. Well, yeah, they'd be $6, but just because they're asking $6 because that's the lowest price doesn't mean they're selling at 6 Sure. Even if they're not selling – because they're not selling at 42 cents. Sure. So it also depends on your perspective. If you're a seller, yeah, it, 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 it can kind of stink. Um, if you're a buyer, let's just say I have a significant amount of Stephen John's Young Guns mm-hmm. in my uh, Com C waiting to ship to me at some point because people have flipped them over there and put them at reasonable prices. And when I set up at a card show around here, I'll be able to literally put them on my table for excuse me, three or four, three or four dollars. And I make a little bit of a profit and people aren't paying the $15 for a young gun that they were. So it just depends on your point of view, I suppose. Sure. That makes sense. I got it. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, It kills the market from my perspective because I have to lower them. I have to do what's right by the market. But see, Eric, you're, you're a pricing analyst. Sure. And no matter what you do, it's wrong. That's, that's what I hear. I, I, there are so many people, because I do feel like I have a pretty big social media preference, you know, between Twitter and some uh, some message boards, and I'm on EPAC, and I can't tell you how many times a day I want to reach through a keyboard and just strangle some sure. idiot. Yeah, no matter what you do, you're, you are you can't please buyers, sellers, everyone. Right. All you can do is do the best, be the most accurate you can be, and go from there. There are, this isn't 1985 anymore. Sure. There are so many ways to sell cards and so many things to do that no matter what you do, somebody's going to go, oh, well, it should be higher. It should be lower because I saw this. Uh, come on. The, the one-off is where we have problems a lot. Uh, 
in our in our in our jobs because you know say and you got to be smart about it too uh steven johns let's say steven johns okay so say they're selling four or five bucks a piece right so in in beckett talk that's say four dollars so that's a that's a four four ten split there right four four on the low ten on the split or ten on the high then one of them sells for 22 you know it's probably a bad sell but the uh, the genius out there in in, in the world of uh, collecting says, but this one sold for twenty two, so this now this needs to be like a ten fifteen or you know a ten thirty card. But but who who say, who's quoting the twenty two, the buyer or the seller? Exactly. And then with that one sells for ninety nine cents and three dollars shipping. Sure, right. He's a, he's conveniently ignoring that one right, while right. talking about the twenty two, and then vice versa. Right. It, so it's a it's a lot of give and take, mostly take. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Now, uh, but that's neither here nor there. What are you going to do the rest of the day? Because you got something. I I call it uniquely Ken because I don't know anybody else that does this. But uh, you're big into the Indianapolis 500. So you're going to go hang out and watch the trials? Is that right? Yeah. uh, Well, maybe. We'll see. There's a (laughs) lot of rain going through Indianapolis today. But I have become – I moved to Indianapolis, uh, what, 2006. And, you know, growing up, I wasn't that into racing, but I always, well, I pretty much always watched the Indianapolis 500. It was one of the few things. My dad and I were different people, but mm-hmm. the Indy 500 was something that we both enjoyed. So okay. it always holds that special place in my heart. And when I moved to Indianapolis, I got a lot more into it. And over the last handful of years, three, almost three of which have been since I left Indy, you know, I've grown in my knowledge of the history and respected the history. I've started collecting vintage cards that revolve around the indianapolis 500 but yeah today is uh today and tomorrow are the time trials um or qualifications uh so yeah they're on actually right now so at some point here i'll be heading home and checking them out that's actually i brought it up because i wanted to get into your uh your unique indianapolis 500 uh are they tobacco cards is that that fair to say or they're just cigarette cigarette cards or no the uh the one set that i'm most actively working on at this point is a t36 set so yeah it's the okay it's a toba- it's a tobacco card just like the uh just like the t206 card sure um not same look not same size but similar if you know your pre-war cards you know that t cards are from tobacco yep and uh things like that but yeah these were uh it's 1911 auto drivers okay and they were actually I've written again on Beans Wildcard blog that one of the frustrate, you know, if you're a vintage, if you're a pre-war tobacco card collector of T206, yeah, they can get pricey. There's no sure. doubt. You're going to pay more for a top card sure. than I'm going to pay for a top card from my set. But I'm envious of you because there's so much information on the T206 cards. There's sure. so much research that's been done because how many tens of thousands of collectors have right. taken to this set? There is not much on these T36 cards. Um, I know of one super collector in Missouri that I actually still need to get in contact with. He has completed a full master set, which wow. is 100 cards. But he is like the preeminent uh, vintage racing collector. Um, but there's not a lot of information. But one thing I did find was from an auction from a handful of years ago. But there's a letter that was found that these cards were actually only produced for three days. And they stopped wow. production on them. They had to pull production. 
So they're not easy to find. Sure. Um, but when I go online right now, you've got a lot that have been sitting on there with ridiculous buy it nows for at least the year that I've been looking for them. And then when they come up for auction, the cards commons are going for a third to a quarter of that price. So, sure, sure. You know, I don't overpay. Um, but yeah, putting this together, it's just fun. There's uh, a 1960 Parkhurst Indie Winter set. I was going to piece that together. And then a little less than a year ago, a set came on eBay. Oh, wow. That was literally an auction. And you know how it is. Usually an auction goes for lower than a buy it now. Sure. So I bought it. Awesome. And I just bought the set. And there's some cards in there that I want to upgrade over time. But, for example, there's another set on there now that is a buy it now that the seller's asking six times what I paid for my set. Jeez. But you know how, but we all know how buy it nows and everything works. Right, right. But yeah, there's some other, like I said, there's a 1954 set, um, Stark and Wetzel. There's a 60s Marhofer, like the Marhofer cards. Sure. Kind of like the Cracker Jack card you talked about earlier. These were on packages of hot dogs. Really? So (laughs) after some time, they uh, <clears throat> had a hot dog smell, and apparently moms didn't like said hot dog smell. Right. Three-year-old hot dog smell, and a lot of these got thrown away. And kind of going back to the what you were talking about, what uh, Andy was talking about with the Cracker Jack cards, they're very thin. Okay. So there's a lot of staining from, it's not Cracker Jack stains, but there's yeah. meat stains on there. Butts and, butts and uh, lips and buttholes, that's what they, uh, from Great Outdoors. You ever seen Great Outdoors? I, yeah, I, I excuse me for a minute. I need to. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> he, uh, Dan Aykroyd tells John Candy, "It's all lips and assholes." <laughs> That's what he says. That is disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that that is that is disturbing. But so, um, those are some of the things that I'm doing. I've I've made more of a shift to vintage, and you know, I want to. It's sometime here. I'm gonna sell off a lot of my modern at one of the local card shows. I'm just gonna focus on quantity instead of quality sure downsizing and i have so many cards that i don't know where they came from where i got them but i have all these old vintage cards where i can tell you where i got them and right you know it's this it's the story that goes with it or whatever sure sure that's right as my son is uh playing with my new rusty kuntz i'll say it right rusty kuntz uh (laughs) bobblehead you know, and, uh, you know, I like that lifelike hair, but you know what I'd like better? What's that? If we could get a lifelike hair bobblehead that was Don Sutton. Don Sutton. <laughs> with that hair. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Sparty Hot Cash is still around, and he was gracious enough to bring us some uh, some some items. But we're, he's going to jump on in a minute here and talk about, uh, hopefully, um, well, the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame, because uh, that's what's in front of us. But uh, he, he drove all the way down from Kansas to be here at this, and... He, he submitted a lot of stuff to get uh, authenticated, and I'll let him talk about it, but um, you know, it was a lot. Yeah, speaking of, you know, he drove down from here. Uh, you know, this may not be the biggest card show set up, but I don't recognize any of these sellers. They're all, they're all new guys. Yeah. yeah, they're all new people. There are some very high end. There is a gentleman that I'm looking straight across at that has a significant amount of graded T206 cards. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't see him at first, but you know, in his amongst his probably what's that look like ten to fifteen cases over right, there. Right. Eventually, I found them. They were just ones I saw toward the end. But yeah, very uh, a lot of most everything here is very high end. Is where some of our other local shows, you know, you'll find dime boxes and dollar cards. 
you're not finding that here. It's a, a lot of higher end product. And like I said, all sellers that I've not seen, I don't know if they're from this area or mm-hmm. where they're from. I've n- actually, I've, n- I've never seen any of these guys. Uh, I know that there were some guys that flew in to be at this. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Uh, it's, it's something we used to do with JSA when, when we had the partnership with them. Uh, but now that we have our own our own guys, uh, I think this is going to be something that happens more often. I think that in the future there will probably be better better uh, planning on the date because I mean, we're we're in direct competition today with with four other shows. I yes, think, you so. heard that correctly. All <laughs> of you folks that do not get any card shows in your area ever, we have three and a half, four yeah, card shows in this area this weekend. Yeah, this so. Weekend. Um, you know, I've heard that Beckett grading is hiring, so yeah. uh, maybe you should just move down here and <laughs> yeah. uh, there you go. come buy cards at all of our card shows and work for Beckett grading. Work for Beckett grading. It should be uh, fun. As JJ I do not work by. for Beckett. This <laughs> yeah. was an unsolicited advertisement. It, it, me, I think, I mean, I'm just going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn because I do work here, but it's, um, I think it means something when, when Beckett, you know, is at least trying to do something like this to promote collecting and getting back into the community uh, you know I'm, I'm not dumb I, I hear the stuff I, I hear the complaints about back you know, all with the pricing or the, or the grading and you know there are, there are shortcomings I'm not gonna even try to sugarcoat that but um, it means something when, when an industry leader like the name Beckett can get behind a card show and bring in new blood to the area and and say come buy our stuff you know and Go well, come buy their stuff, and while you're here, get get something graded or get something authenticated. You know, I've been here. I've been here for two and a half, getting close to three years now, and I love that there are what two different monthly card shows. Sure. We have a a shop that is over by where I live that literally has a card show every weekend. Every it's weekend, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of the same guys, but you get Roger Newfelt, who's a preeminent uh, vintage dealer, and he's sure. there this weekend. Um, and he comes in about once every couple of months, so mm-hmm. I, I pretty much always run over when he's there. But for me, it's great to have all these card shows, but it is kind of the same sellers over and over, and it's right. the same product over and over. And seeing as I don't collect the latest and greatest, it truly is the same stuff. But to see, you know, these dealers here that we've not seen before, you know, there's new product here now, sure. you know, different stuff. At some point here, I'm going to, you know, start spreading my wings and, visiting houston for tristar just sure. because it's different but this is a whole different setup of sellers that's coming up in july and i would told i would be i'm not so i'm sorry that's next month in june tristar show in houston is in june i would totally go to that if it wasn't father's day weekend like i would be all over that that seems <laughs> like some poor schedule yeah but they always have it on that weekend really so, yeah it's a big thing well then, then you know what i mean i guess but I can't, I can't reasonably tell my wife, hey, uh, and we're just getting back from Seattle that like that Wednesday or something. So I can't say, hey, I know we just got back from Seattle and we need to rest and everything like that, and it's Father's Day, but I'm gonna go to a card show in Houston. Uh, that probably wouldn't go over well. But it's something. The one in February that they have is, I think that's the bigger one actually, and uh, that yeah. seems like fun. Yeah, that one I know this year had just a ton of ridiculous autograph guests and. We were talking about it earlier, but they usually get a handful of wrestling sure. signers sure. as well. Sure. I just want to meet those guys. I don't <laughs> even necessarily have to have the autographs. but Now, speaking of wrestling, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm going to mention it here. I'm going to sh- plug it shamelessly. S- shamelessly. 
we need some more videos for our Ric Flair uh, giveaway. I, woo! Woo! Oh, oh boy, that woo! was man. I sounded like woo! a twelve-year-old boy whose yeah, voice was changing. Exactly. There. Um, we 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 have that Ric Flair giveaway going on. It is an autographed Ric Flair from 2017 Tops WWE and a one-of-one one unique sketch card. Uh, Mr. Jason Crosby did for uh, for Ric Flair uh, autograph, which Flair can't. He he had to cancel the uh, the signing. So it, it's uh, that didn't happen, but but you're going to get both of them. Yeah, let me throw something in there, too. I have learned, I did a giveaway. You know, you even mentioned on Twitter, you know, hey, guys, you got to do more than just like and retweet. Right. And that's what, that's what most people do. If you really want something, these contests where you actually have to, oh, my heavens, you have to click on a link right. or do something – you need to go do those if you really want the card because your odds are tremendous, tremendous. because so many people just want to retweet. Like, I'm, I'm retweeting from Beans B Card blog. I'm not going to do the video. I'm retweeting for other people. But there are so many people that aren't reading the instructions and sure. think that, oh, I'm just going to retweet and I'm entered. Right. No, when you get no. these ones where you have to do a small thing, right. your your odds are through the roof. You, yeah. you should really go do these. Right now we have two entries, uh, two correct entries. One of the guys is standing in this room, and the other guy – uh, at least use the right hashtag. <laughs> so, it's yeah, it's amazing how little you can ask to do. I uh, like I said, I did a giveaway and I asked. Uh, I can't even remember what I did because it was almost a year ago. Um, it was a little more than just a follow and a retweet. I asked you to do something else, and I literally had like six entries, and I ran it for like two weeks. Wow! And just because, you know, like I said, if you see something you like, just read the details and. Yeah. If it's just a tiny little bit of extra, you got to put in a few minutes. Right. Do it, and your odds are going through the roof. Honestly, with this specific giveaway, I asked for your best Flair impersonation. We all know that Flair is the king of the woo. Give me a woo. I mean, it doesn't take that long, right? And don't forget to mention Space Mountain. And Space Mountain, yeah, Space Mountain, uh, oldest ride of the park, longest line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken, I'm going to let you get out of here because you mentioned those T206s, and I want to go look at them too. So uh, thanks for jumping on with me, man. Uh, in the absence of the uh, of the other Fat Pack, you were definitely an honorary Fat Pack. Thank, thank you for having me again. Uh, you know, anytime you, need, anytime you need somebody at the last moment, I'm the guy. Right. Nobody wants to hear me, but I can fill time. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Sean Bender with Still City Collectibles, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, hanging out with Ken Kinsley here at the uh, Beckett Media Card Show. Uh, Ken's a good friend of mine. We've uh, grown pretty close in the last year and a half, two years, as we uh, uh, as collectors and uh, and and now 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 friends. I consider him a friend. He's actually been to my house. We played spoons together. You guys don't play spoons. You should definitely play spoons. It's, it's a fun game. But uh, next to me uh, now is a uh, making his Beckett Radio debut. And hopefully soon to be friend, Mister. I'm gonna call him Mister Kent. He's um, he's from uh, Bill's Sports Cards and Collectibles in Roanoke, which is it's it's they're they're not a new shop. They've been around for year, about four years. About four years. Yeah. But it, Roanoke is your new location. Roanoke's new location. We're in Keller for about three years, and we opened about four months ago in Roanoke. Okay, cool. And you guys also uh, you you guys are breakers as well, right? Big time breakers. All right. Breaking for about seven and a half years. Bill, uh, my business partner. He uh, he's been breaking yeah for about seven years. Wow, dude, night breaks on the regular. It's, wow, uh, it's okay. another game. It's a whole other game. Eli, that Max, that mic's not on. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to t- ask you to please just chill out, and we'll get you on in a minute, okay? 
as he walks away uh, disappointed. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Dad. Right. Thanks, Dad, indeed. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the basics, man. How long have you been uh, in the hobby, collecting or, or active in the hobby? Oh, man, so I, like most of us, 80s, 90s. Sure. 80s, 90s kid, had everything, anything and everything, binders and binders and boxes of cards. Uh, took a break for about 10 years and got back into it a couple of years ago, probably when I met Bill. Okay. So Bill and I used to work together um, 2011. And uh, got me back into the hobby and, and really kick-started the, the love, or the, the new love, I guess, for the industry uh, about a year ago. Right, right. Oh, um, I have to ask a question because yeah. you, you said I took a break. And uh, I, have a be- I have a running bet with my regular host. Oh, boy. Uh, was it a girl that you took a break because of? Uh, no. No, okay. No, no. So, this well, might be a first. I mean, there's always a girl. Uh, I Or girls. Uh, right. Probably sports. <laughs> no, man. It was it was sports. It was uh, just growing up, man. Sure. I, I kind of sure. got involved. Uh, I was a chef for a really long time and started okay. doing that thing. But uh, now there's probably a few girls. Okay. All right. You know, that's fair. That's uh, that seems to be the run running theme. I don't want to the break show. the theme, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every si- there, I have a dark period. I have a dark period. I have a dark period. Dark oh, was period. it a girl? Yeah, it was a girl. <laughs> it was always a girl. <laughs> Collecting wasn't cool. They made fun of me. Yeah. I couldn't get a kiss or something. And, <laughs> and now, uh, now it was a girl. All right, so you've been around for a while. Uh, you got back into it around 2011. Yep. Um, what, so what were your thoughts coming back into it? Because the hobby obviously changed a lot. Well, you know, it was funny. Growing up without it, I never paid any attention to it. So sure. I, I thought, so when, you know, when Bill and I met, I just thought, oh, you're doing the same thing that I did sure. 10 years ago. And uh, showed me the first card, 130 point, you know, yeah. something. And I was like, wow, this is crazy with a jersey patch or with a relic on card auto i'm like this is nothing like what we had sure back in the day so that you know just seeing the product firsthand kick-started and then seeing the business side right seeing uh the potential um and just kind of the new breath of life you know into the hobby and, right and anybody can collect now you know we've talking about breaking we've got customers all over the world but uh, from all different walks of life you know pastors and first responders and things like that right. it's, just, it, it's it's a to z um so that you know i'd say the cards themselves and and just the business side of it was really what kicked me back into it do you remember the first case of whatever you broke do you remember what that was uh the first case i ever broke so i was with bill um it was like 2013 crown and, really uh so not a good year not <laughs> not a great draft class um but it was the first break i ever participated in um, I got, I had the Bengals and wow. I got like three cards. Um, right. but if, if anybody remembers their first break, it, uh, it just enhances that you get that tingle, mm-hmm. you get that, Oh, it's that slot pool. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, the rest is history. Now I'd, Not I don't know <laughs> if I'd ever buy the Bengals again, but <laughs> God, who was the two thirteen twenty thirteen 2013 Bengals? I can't even, Oh, geez. geez man. That's uh, a tough one. Was it Bernard? Bernard, Bernard or Hill? Yeah. One, I, I don't and then, know. Uh, no, it wasn't Hill. Because yeah, Hill was, was two years ago. Yeah, he was 15. Jeez. I well, just remember I, you know, everyone's freaking out over Lacey and, right. and Geno Smith, and the rest is history Gino for that Smith. guy. <laughs> Geno Smith went the, the way of Pat White, right? No they just, kidding, they man. Just couldn't do it. As the, uh, there's a West Virginia alumni sitting over here next to us. So, ah. uh, I don't want to say it loud enough because he might come fight me. But, uh, <laughs> might come grab the next mic. <laughs> uh, you guys are, uh, you guys are, are, are breaking big time now. Uh, you were, I saw last night on, and on Facebook group, 101, 101 sports cards. You guys pulled just a disgusting Alex Bregman. Filthy. Uh, 
booklet patch, almost a complete logo. Almost a complete Astros yeah. logo. Yeah. Uh, probably definitely top five best patches, if not the best patch I think I've ever seen. Uh, and we pulled that out, out of 2017 Inception, and that product, guys, that is, that's insane. Yeah. It is hot. We, uh, we had about 10 cases, and we did them all. We did, I think we did four or five last night alone, uh, which is really good, and trying to get more. I mean, it's, it's a sick product. So what, how, do, how do you guys break? Do you do random teams? Do you do uh, you know, um, structured breaks? Or how, how do you guys do, like to do it? That's oh, a good question. It, I think it changes every night. We've got a pretty general you know, group, of, group of guys and gals that break with us every night. Uh, we get the new guys that come in from different breakers, and you know, everybody does it differently. I'd say PYT, you know, pick yeah, your pick team. team. All right. Pick your team, pick your player. Um, you know, typically the PYTs fill faster. We'll, we'll have a filler set up, you know, take a look at the checklist. Uh, the most expensive team, we'll, we'll try and fill her out so sure. we don't have – but sometimes we get the, the big ballers that come in right, and the Cowboys right. for 800 bucks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, typically PYT last night, probably probably one of the we, – we've done it a few times recently, but we did a random teams last night on a case of inception. And it, uh, I think it broke the record. It filled in like seven minutes. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, all, all teams were taken seven minutes and uh, had some pretty sick stuff. But that Bregman, that had a couple cool ones with the Bregman, that – and definitely paved the way for the uh, the inception, I think, for us. Now, I have I've asked this question of other breakers before, yeah. but I want to ask you, how do you uh, how do you come up with your price points for your teams? I mean, because there's got to be a lot of research that goes into that that I'm just not privy to. But I mean, is it is it strenuous? Is it, I mean, is it tasking? That's a good question. I mean, every product's different. Obviously, every year's different. You know, 2015 Cowboys are going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than 2016 Cowboys. Sure. Um, you know, Cardboard Connection's a really, really good resource for us as far as checklist goes. Um, I'm sure a lot of breakers use them. Uh, and I'm going to stop you right there. Just let you know, Beckett does checklists, too. I'm just, uh, uh, that's okay. That's well, all right. <laughs> Beckett Media has a killer checklist, too. We're going to start using from here on out. That's <laughs> okay. You know what? In all honesty... I may or may not have checked out another checklist <laughs> somewhere else before. Well, <laughs> and on that note, we may or may not have checked out another breaker's checklist. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, we, we try to stay competitive. You have to. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to keep the, the chat going, to keep the customers in, we've, we've got to – and they're not just customers. I mean, they're they're friends now. You know, we've got guys who have been sure. with us for for a long time. And uh, But I'd, to answer the question, I'd, I'd say we – looking at other breakers, we look at our target market. We look at what – you know what are they going to buy? And we try to make it fair. Uh, sure. We don't try to undercut any of the other breakers, but we we try to make it fair and competitive. Sure. Um, like, and there's so many options now. Oh so, man. Right. I mean, there's there's the the. Well, did you see the? Uh, how do I say this gently? The, the it was the <laughs> the and T break. Was that what it was? The Brandon Cooks out of ninety nine. Brandon Mr. Brandon Cooks. So you're you're dealing with guys like that. And then uh, and he's back. You see, he's back. Is he back? Yep. How does he come back? I don't know. He's got 38 followers already. Holy smokes! I don't know how, how you come do you back. Come from back that. after that. How do you come a- back after saying that you're exiting the hobby for good? Right. We'll see. That's uh, he probably got just sucked right back into yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. So you got guys like that, but then you got you know established guys like like uh, Mojo platinum. Breaks or Platinum, Mojo, uh, Bruce uh, you know, all the guys that are out at the rookie yeah. premiere this weekend. You oh, know. Yeah. So. Um, finding your niche was it hard, or you, is it was it word of mouth? Was it just uh, you know friends? How did you guys do that? You know, it, a little bit of everything. I I think uh, friends really. It's funny because 
you, you know, you asked me a question, what, what got you back into it? I, I'd say if you asked half of our customers now, literally half, it, we would be the reason they're back into it. You okay. know, just, you know, you, you, you see a, a buddy after a year or two and, hey, what are you up to? And you say breaking, what the heck's that? Sure. And uh, you kind of enlighten them and try to educate. Um, that's probably my favorite side of it is educating them on right. how the industry's changed. But, right. So I, I'd say word of mouth um, it has a lot to do with it. But really just, uh, you know, social media has been huge. Um, I think uh, I don't think there's many people out there that are, you know, loyal to one breaker. Sure. Um, which I think that that's that's kind of the cool side of the business. You right. Know, I, I don't. I don't. It's like eating. If you're not loyal to just one restaurant, right? You want to see what everybody's cooking. So, you know, I, I think Breakers TV is a good resource. Obviously, we uh, we've got the chat rooms and, sure. and everybody see who's who's popping at different times. You know, different different breakers break at different times. You know, I I I day break. Bill. Uh, breaks at night you know it's kind of the following that he created right for about seven years and it's it's totally different crowds you know we got guys during the day that'll hop on facebook and uh they're on their lunch break and they literally want a personal box so they'll say yeah give me a box of contenders right and i just want to see it open live there you go and uh you know but night breaks more pyts more cases you know more uh half cases things like that bigger bigger production i guess bigger production yeah awesome 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 so before you get out of here let yeah. our listeners know where they can find you uh across social media platforms yeah and then your website and everything like that if you have one so a couple different couple different ways guys we uh so first of all our, our brick and mortar shop is at 205 north oak street suite b as in boy uh it's in roanoke texas 76262 we are right across from one of the greatest restaurants in the world by you jacks Really, um, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go, babes. Ah, uh, you know, I I dig babes, man. I can't I can't do babes quite quite as often as I used to, <laughs> but I I do love their two hour wait on a Wednesday afternoon, yeah, which crazy, brings in it? killer foot traffic. <laughs> um, so that brick and mortar. Uh, we're on Facebook, Bill Sports Cards and Collectibles. We are Bills with an apostrophe, um, and uh, Instagram, and then we're working on Twitter. Yeah, so, uh, Twitter. a buddy of mine told me I need to get Twitter, yeah, I, so we're working that, on I it. I heard that conversation. Yeah, earlier. asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, awesome. As soon as you get that Twitter information, let me know yep. so uh, we can get you guys out there into the into the hobby community. Now, when you use hashtags, do you use hashtag the hobby? The hobby? The hobby. I do uh, crack into wax, hashtag right. crack into wax. Right. I do some of that, uh, hashtag busting wax, but I will use. Hashtag the hobby. The hobby. Yeah. All right. Also, done. hashtag collect. That one's maybe, hashtag collect. That's okay. maybe not as big, but uh, it, it's out there. Now, uh, before you go this time, really, I need to ask you: Do you have like a tagline? Like when when there's a hot card that comes out, do yes. you have a ta- you have a tagline? So we both do. Okay. Bill, uh, depending on the, the the night, you know, you can get a little more crude later in the the night. Yeah. I, uh, Bill, I think says Ermalerd. He says that a lot. Okay. And then uh, I kind of kick it old school. I say Holy moly. Holy moly. Holy moly. Holy moly. Yeah. Okay. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard things that are a little now, more, look. It's starting to fill up in here. That's now. like yeah, it's <laughs> it's packed. So that that's kind of before two a.m. Okay, if it's after two a.m. I might throw in a holy balls. Holy balls. Okay, <laughs> uh, I've heard I've heard some good ones. Holy balls is a good one. Uh, holy moly is good. That's it's not original. It's not original. But it's it, I don't think anybody else uses it. So. I'm not offending anybody. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. I think that's my biggest thing. Uh, heard some other guys use a uh, uh, show. <laughs> came up that's a good one that's something out of like storage wars yeah exactly <laughs> yep um it's a hot one that's it's a hot one that's okay a hot, it's a hot one that, oh boy. i hear that one a lot yeah but uh i love i love the taglines we uh we here at the beckett radio 
have uh, well, I'm wearing the fat pack shirt. Yeah. So we are. Oh, yeah. We are uh, fat packs. Fat you packs. You got to say it all high pitched like that. Fat pack. Fat pack. So. Fat packs. Um, that's always fun. Make sure you're using that hashtag, guys, in your breaks. That's uh, awesome. And when you're tagging tagging photos, but go check out Bill's. Uh, Kent is a good guy. I, I I've met Bill a couple of different occasions too. He seems to be very nice. He's got a raspy voice. Bill? Yeah, a little Bill, raspy. Bill, you know, it's funny. He, uh, th- I think that's another. So not to not to continue this, you know. You're fine. Longer, we got all the time in the world. I think I think what does it for me is is the guy breaking. Does yeah. he sound like an announcer? Does yeah. he sound? Does he have a clear voice? Because you get guys out there, and you know, obviously not going to name drop, but yeah. you, know, you get guys that are just not engaged. Sure. And uh, I think that's something that, you know, there's some breakers out there, but I think that's one of the things Bill and I do fairly well. Sure. Is uh, is we're genuinely engaged. We we love seeing what's coming out of the packs. We love talking to the guys. It's not fake. Um, but I think we both kind of have voices that. Sure. You, they're both new, unique. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Both new, unique. Our wives probably couldn't care less. But yeah. They don't, don't understand. Just show it was a ba- dark, dark time, right? What was it? <laughs> the dark time. The dark time. Just show it them the bank girl. account after the breaks are over. Yo, man, good, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you get out of here. You guys, thanks, you, brother. You turned some stuff in for uh, for BAS, so good luck with that. I thanks, hope it, bud. I hope it all comes back uh, well. You, you had a lot of it. Like, a lot of stuff. We had a good trade trading day last weekend. We're gonna start doing that once a month at Bills. Um, we just had guy adults and kids alike bringing in their stuff. Lots of Pokemon, but tons of memorabilia. So we. We loaded up the car and, and brought it out. Got some good stuff. Awesome. Johnny Unitas, lots awesome. of good stuff. Awesome. Now, what I do, uh, finally, 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 what I do love about uh, love about you, Kent, is that you guys are so close. So yeah. please do not be a stranger. Please, we'll like I can like like schedule you anytime you want to yeah. come on. So we'll be not, back. It's not hard. Awesome. Awesome. We'll be back. All right, uh, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Kent's gonna go pick up his BAS. This is Craig with LegendLockers.com, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, rolling ladder right along here at the uh, Beckett Media Card Show Open House slash, uh, I don't know what to call this, really. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun, but uh, joining us now is a uh, Beckett Radio alum, a, uh, a, a Sparty Hawk, if you will, a Sparty Hawk cash, if you will, Mr. Marlon Carlson. Drove all the way down from Kansas City to be a part of this, and uh, we thank you for that. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm you, doing well. You're doing well? Now, um, you drove down here. What were you expecting, Is it and is it close to what you were expecting? I, I, I don't know what you were expecting. No, it, it definitely expe- exceeded my expectations. Okay. I was looking forward to, I had some cards to submit for grading. And I had, oh gosh, I had about 20 plus pieces of memorabilia that I wanted to get okay. authenticated. And so I was hoping for no huge lines. And so we got here early and kind of beat the crowd. And so it's definitely was nice. Got everything, you know, graded and uh, submitted some cards for the 10 day submission. So mission accomplished. Got to meet you in person yeah. and uh, had some Risky's barbecue last night. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it. And it was delicious. You can't, you can't go wrong. <laughs> like, I'm not a huge ribs fan, but for $12.99, all you can eat ribs, that's pretty good value. So. No, that was that was absolutely. It definitely, uh, I mean, Kansas City is known for their barbecue. Sure. But uh, definitely you got the one up on the ribs there. The ribs were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty good. I dig did that. Um, I'm so happy you drove down, man, um, because I've been wanting to ask you this question. Oh, boy. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no curveball. I'll try all not right. to kill your curveball. But you, I know that you're a big proponent of the uh, the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, Correct. 
I heard of an, and I read a little bit about another Negro baseball league that took place in like Saskatchewan and then a little bit in North Dakota. Do you know of that league? You know, I, I wish I had a little, a little better knowledge on that. I just um, recently, I kind of saw the same thing on, yeah. on the, the Negro leagues that were kind of lost up there in the uh, early to mid-1900s up sure. in Canada. Yeah. But, yeah, it was apparently pretty prevalent, too, from what I've seen or what I've read a little bit about. What I read was, like, and not to bash the Negro leagues here, but, they, they like, they paid their players better. They had a, a better work schedule. They, you know, wow. yeah. they, they um, like, were the Negroes league here just to survive because of the environment they were in. You know, they had to play eight games a week sometimes up there uh, in, in Saskatchewan and, and then part of, parts of North Dakota were, like, they would play four games a week and, you know, uh, had a better pay scale. And then big names came out of there, too, so. Definitely. Um, that definitely. was uh, that was interesting. I wanted to ask you ask you about it because you are such a big proponent of the Negro uh, Negro ba- Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame. Is that located there in Kansas City? It is. It's located in what's called the uh, 18th and Vine, the Jazz District there in okay. Kansas City, Missouri, on the Missouri side, and it's a nice little area. Um, there's a place called the Gem Theater. It's kind of where originated the jazz and blues there in oh, Kansas okay. City back right. in the maybe 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, I, I am not the best historian of it, but, um, you know, I try to get out to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum at least two or three times a year, and uh, Bob Kendrick, the president there, does an amazing, amazing job. I was kind of blessed and lucky enough to meet Buck O'Neill on two occasions back in, before he passed away. Okay. And, you know, he was a great storyteller, and Bob Kendrick, the president now of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, he's kind of taking that i mean he's got maybe a little buck karma going on with him but sure. he, he tells great story I, I have yet to get a tour i want to get a tour from mr kendrick uh of the negro leagues baseball museum because he does an amazing job of just retelling the history and the story and, and everything behind there sure sure i saw also the orioles adam jones made a big donation to the uh negro league baseball hall of fame just the other day um i think keeping baseball history alive is is amazing but specifically keeping that league's history alive is uh very important and when you have players like adam jones who you know one of the biggest names in in professional baseball right now he's such a good good i'd call him a great player actually uh, i i hated when the mariners traded him away but uh when you have someone like that who who recognizes that and wants to uh especially coming off the week that it happened because he was just in Boston. Correct. And that, you know, all that crap happened up in Boston. Right. So when he goes down and makes a donation like that to the, to the found, to the, to the hall of fame, you got to love when you see stuff like that. Right. I mean, yeah, no, it was, uh, they were in the Orioles were in town playing the Royals and they had a night game on that last Saturday actually. And so he went in there, uh, made the donation. I think it was twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand, yeah. And Mr. Kendrick, you know, they had a little kind of a ceremony there and then he got a full tour of the, the museum, but, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's nice when you see players do that, you know, players that definitely of, of the affluent stature of, of him that, that are going in there and recognizing it. And, and it's funny, there's a lot of players, you know, um, and you'll see it, I'm trying to think, either on the Negro Leagues uh, Baseball Museum Facebook page, they will post, a lot of players go in there, like behind the scenes when they're in town, and they'll sure. go get a tour from him, you know, during the day on a night game. Right. So you may get lucky if, you, if there's a team in town and you're there, and the next thing you know you see a bunch of, uh, national, you know, watching Nationals walking in or, or the Yankees or whatever. So, Awesome. That's very awesome. Uh, now, let me, let's get back into uh, who, who you are, Marlon. Uh, 
I know we all know your your Sparty Hot Cash. We know that, but uh, as a as a man, <laughs> not an entity, but as a man, how long have you been collecting? Well, I would have to say, and, and I, I was lucky enough, my, my father, who was 77 years old, and you I don't walk know, around yeah, he's somewhere. walking around using the bathroom and everything else. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he, he probably got me into collecting, um, you know, back in, really, I, I remember starting collecting 77, I was probably about eight years old, uh, and I was Star Wars cards when the Star oh, Wars really? movie okay. came out, right. and then quickly got into, I love collecting football and baseball, and um, so... I collected probably from 77 up until maybe the mid 80s. And then, you know, as I got into high school years, I kind of fell out of collecting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of a girl. It wasn't <laughs> much of a dater. It was more sports, uh, you know, soccer and everything just kind of took over my life. And then, um, um, you know, kind of rekindled it back in the early 2000s for a few years and then went through a divorce and then rekindle it again two years ago when I started up my Sparty Hawk Cash eBay store. Right, and that's where we're at now. That's right. where I want to get into. So what are you focusing on now? As as, as in, a, um, you're older than me. I don't want to insult you. But 47, as, 47, as, but I'm a spry 47. As an older gentleman, as, <laughs> yeah. as someone older than myself, what yeah. what do you like collecting now? You know, now I'm, I've gotten into baseballs. I like okay. collecting autographed baseballs, um, whether, you know, I've, I've gone to a couple – um, meet and greets with certain players and, and not necessarily going to a, a store to, you know, pay big bucks to go get like Hosmer's and Moustakas autographs. I still want to get those guys autographs, but, um, you know, I'm trying to, I, and I'm incorporating actually what I'm trying to do now is, uh, my son, uh, who's four, I'm trying to get him into, Hey, you know, sure. this is something you might be interested in. And so, um, you know, I'll take him with me if there's a meet and greet or somewhere, or, you know, if we're lucky enough at a ball, ball games are hard because you have so yeah, many chasers right, right, right now. Right. And I'm not, you know, honestly, I'm not into waiting in lines. I'm not into hounding people. If the, if the situation's right and I'm able to, to get an autograph or my, you know, when my son's there, then, then awesome. And it works out. But that's kind of where my little interest has been. I, I don't mind ripping cards here and there, but I think my, collecting boxes and box. that's what got me in the Sparty Hawk cash was to try to sell a bunch of cards that I had sure. from you know 10 15 years ago sure so I got you yeah. now let's get back over to the uh, to the Hall of Fame because you brought some cool things here for us to give away on behalf of uh, Sparty Hawk a couple of Frank White bobbleheads now tell us who Frank White was for Frank those. White was the uh, Golden Glove. I guess he played about twenty years for the Kansas City Royals second baseman. Okay, and he was there from the seventies. I think he might have retired. Uh, or now understand, I grew up in Philadelphia. Okay, so I haven't been a Kansas City Royals fan all my life, but since I, I've lived sure. uh, Kansas City for about twenty five years now, half my life in Philly or outside of Philly, and half half here in the Kansas City area. Um, but he was a second baseman, played all of his years with the Royals. Multiple gold gloves. Uh, I mean, just perennial, you know, all-star and everything. And so what the Negro Leagues did, they teamed up with a local, I don't know if you guys have Hy-Vee grocery stores. Have you ever heard of Hy-Vee? No, I've heard of it. They're kind of more up there. in the mid Midwest, Iowa, maybe Nebraska. But Hy-Vee sponsored making these bobbleheads, and they made uh, 5,000 of these bobbleheads. I think they charged like 10 bucks a bobblehead. Every cent of those uh, sold bobbleheads goes to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. So their plan was to raise, um, what is that, $50,000 with these first 5,000. And they're doing a series of five over the next, well, four more over the next four years, which I think uh, John Mayberry, uh, Amos Otis is actually the one coming out later this year. Uh, Gosh, and I'm bad with it. I think uh, Amos was, I don't think he was an infielder. I think he was an outfielder. 
And then uh, Willie Wilson, uh, John Mayberry, and I'm not sure who the fifth one will be over okay. the next. But the, the idea was they were going to raise $250,000 to go back to the Negro Leagues by selling these bobbleheads. Sweet. Very cool. So, All right. So how do you want to give these away? You know, I'm going to leave that up to you and Paul. Okay. You guys can come up with a way. Um, you know, I, I thought it, it's a good way to give back to the hobby community, something that's specific to Kansas City. Sure. I mean, it's it's got uh, Frank White and his Monarchs uniform. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, let, let's – my, honestly, my brain's like pudding right now after okay. that. After the driving after through the Dallas drive. traffic, yeah. the last uh, <laughs> yesterday afternoon at night, I'm I'm frazzled. So, uh, but yeah, you guys can come up with an way to give out, and I'm gonna send you guys a hat, also okay. a Monarchs hat. All right, um, that you can give away. So you'll have those three things: two bobbleheads and the Monarchs hat. <laughs> As Derek tries to jump on the mic, was turned down. None of you heard that. So and <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys will come up with a good way to get those out to some. Th- they definitely gotta be fat pack loyal listeners okay. and subscribers All and right. uh you know they better get on the itunes and get you know get some uh yeah some uh what the uh reviews in there the reviews yeah, get the reviews in there so we can uh get that done i did announce the winner for the itunes review on this last show okay and he hasn't contacted me yet still so. oh my god so the, oh, that's right I so did. the uh the rule has always been you get you have a week to do it and if by the next show he, he has not contacted me, I'll just pick a new winner. Time elapses. Time hey, elapses. You, you got to be on the ball there. Yes, you, do, you certainly do. Um, I know that you have to get back up to Kansas City, so I'm going to let you jump off here because you want to go check out uh, Order 66, right, or Collector's Yeah, Slide, yeah. yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we came down I-35 yesterday, and we're going to head up, I think it's 69 Highway, and we're going to go by McKinney and, okay. and check that out. I, I, Your podcast that you and Paul did back in December with sure. the uh, the Lady Jedi. I can't remember. Oh, Na- yeah. Nadia, uh, Nadia uh, or something. Oh. She was one of the Jedi. Nalani croissant right no, right you guys did your show from there yeah, we, yeah we did our show and i was like there. i i grew up i mean i i wish now i had the whole gosh you know basic set of the star wars action figures which when i was going through a divorce I had to sell them you know to, to a vintage stock to make some money but um I, you know it, it's i my son now you know he's into the new star sure. wars and everything so sure. just want to check it out a little nostalgic purposes awesome so. awesome okay well thank you for stopping by man Thank you for uh, lis- being an active listener and participant. Not uh, a stalker. Not, not, a stalker not a stalker, just a listener. With the, with the Beckett <laughs> Radio Show, I really appreciate that, man, because uh, you know it, we're trying to build this. We're trying to be a part of the community. And when you have, when you have fans who, like yourself, will drive down here to, just to be a part of it, I really appreciate that. Well, but, I enjoy the entertainment that you and Paul give on your podcast, plus the useful information that maybe in three years I can retire and get into a sweet gig like you've got right now. <laughs> and, and... Don't forget, it's Rusty Kuntz. It's Rusty, Rusty Kuntz. Kuntz so. You brought me a lovely Rusty Fire Kuntz. There you go. Wow. That's, that's, a, why you're the best. that's a Rusty <laughs> Kuntz uh, bobblehead that talks in his hair, his faux hair. Faux blonde hair, that's Rusty like Kuntz. A, that's like a it's bad scary. Chia pet. Man. It's kind of scary, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't, I don't, but this is, but this is going on my... Uh, it's going on my desk and it's never going away. The card, the, you've got the card and the, the card ball is too. coming. You'll have to get those uh, BAS authenticated. Yeah, get them all BAS. Make sure they're real. <laughs> <laughs> so. I would, I'm going to take this with me to the next Royals game I go to and see if he'll sign this for me. I'm sure he would. And then uh, Rusty's a good guy. Rusty, yeah, I, I apologize for saying calling him the other <laughs> name. It was uh, it was all in fun. Freudian slip. Freudian yeah, slip. Freudian slip. All right, man. Uh, go enjoy Order 66. You guys hang tight and we'll be right back.
Hey, this is Mike James, creator of Welcome to the Show Trading Cards. You're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back for our final segment of the uh, Beckett Radio show from the Beckett Media Card Show. We're having a lot of fun here today. We've had a lot of a lot of guests on uh, talking talking all things collectibles here from the show floor. We're having a lot of fun, and I'm back joined back now by my son, Mr. Eli, to close out this wonderful podcast. What's up, Eli? What's up? supposed to say sadu <laughs> all right so how do you feel about it how do you feel about the show uh no i don't really know the sad part was that my bobblehead broke by his feet the, okay but we can fix that we can get some glue and fix the bobblehead mm-hmm. that's no problem but uh did you have fun out here today yes yeah you had fun you got to see some people you know huh mm-hmm. yeah who'd you see at the the people that we had dinner last night with. Okay, so you saw Marlon. Cowboy hat. Uh, Ken. <laughs> Who else did you see? Did you see Derek? Did you see Mr. Derek and Mr. Dumas? Uh, Hold on, you got to look at the microphone. You got to talk to the microphone. But I saw the guy over there. No, that guy over there. Mm-hmm. Those are those are important people. That especially those guys over there. Um, all right, man. Here's the thing. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I don't know. You don't know if you're hungry. Typical seven-year-old answer. I'm hungry. Mama's hungry. The baby is definitely hungry, and he's tired. So we're going to get out of here and uh, go have some lunch. Does that sound like a good idea? hmm Yeah? So, uh, guys, thanks for uh, playing along. Oh, he's going to play the Rusty Koontz for you. All right. Now, boy, that's what I'm talking about. That's the new bobblehead. Oh, player. Now you're cooking. Wow. <laughs> All right, that's the new Rusty Kuntz uh, bobblehead that Eli wanted to play for you guys. Yep. So there's that. Be looking forward for those uh, Frank White bobblehead giveaways. Got a couple of those. And uh, Paul and I will come up with something Fat Pack-centric and uh, cue the Kansas City uh, area in on them as well. But uh, until then, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.